you are listening to Generation Cryotopia. This is the show where tomorrow's generation reject dystopia, abandon utopia, and instead embrace protopia, a world where every day we take small steps to make tomorrow better than yesterday. This podcast is brought to you by Proteus Theatre. To find out more about what they do, visit proteustheatre.com. Who is joining the conversation today? Uh, I'm Kez, I'm 17 and I'm studying film and media. I'm Poppy, I'm 17 and I'm studying politics, law and drama at A-level. I'm Tabby and I'm studying drama and film studies at, well, hopefully at degree level. (laughs) In this edition, we will discuss equality and diversity. Coronavirus has exposed many inequalities in our society. Black, Asian and minority ethnic communities have suffered higher death rates. Poorer families have struggled to support their children's learning from home. And many LGBTQ plus people have been separated from their support networks. And during lockdown, the killing of George Floyd sparked a global wave of anger and fresh demands to tackle racism and address white privilege. Tabby, what do you understand by the terms equality and diversity? I guess to start off equality means everyone is equal yeah i think like you say equality is giving everyone the same opportunities yeah Yeah. it's it's about a level playing field and diversity is having you know a range of ethnicities it's a range of you know races and identities and and a range of different voices yeah that need to be um heard i mean i think we should all start by saying we are all white White, yes (laughs) and uh you know, all of us obviously have different identities and that's what equality and diversity is yeah. to me. I mean, I'm trying to say it without saying the word diverse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, well, it's, it's about just having a range. Isn't yes, it? it's, it's about it's having about a range and having yeah. um, different experiences, different experiences and voices. Like mm, I've said, a different range cultures of, and cultures and backgrounds. groups and backgrounds and experiences. I mean, Tabby and Kez, do you both experience equality and diversity well i definitely have white privilege yeah 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 and um i'm very lucky because i was brought up in a middle class white background yeah and um i've been very lucky to have the opportunities that some people i unfortunately do not have Mm. what about you Cass? yeah i'm generally the same (laughs) like i'm very lucky for everything like all the opportunities opportunities i've been given Mm. do you feel in your everyday life that there is equality? 
yeah. I think because we come from it from a perspective of white privilege and the mm. fact that we are middle class, it's. I mean, there's aspects of my life where you know because my sexuality, for instance, I haven't experienced equality, but also because I come from a place of privilege and other aspects of mm. myself, I have to educate myself on the fact that I actually contribute to those inequalities. Kids, what value do you put on equality and diversity? Do they matter? Yeah, equality and diversity definitely matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think history has uh, proved that. Yeah. Um, I think it's almost unspoken that they do matter. Yeah. Because mm. we live in a society that throughout history has been run on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing I was going to say is that I think it's easy for us to sit here and say that they do matter. And of course yeah. they matter. Yeah. yeah. But in society and in everyday life and in history... Has equality and diversity been shown? No. 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 I mean, and I would say that we aren't living in an equal society. No, I completely yeah, no, agree. I agree. You were asked if cares in terms of the value yeah. of it. I would say that that is increasing. Yeah. Poppy, did you see the news stories during lockdown about black Asian and minority ethnic people being disproportionately affected by COVID-19? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I think some people will look at that and go, like, why is that? Is it a genetic thing? And I think that there is some studies that show that it could be genetic. But, but when a we lot go of into it, that... Yeah, it's... a lot of it is to do with the fact that actually BioPOC people are disproportionately in lower class backgrounds but what there is an issue with is black and asian people not being given a kind of ladder to reach the opportunity to be that we are given yeah that, that we as white people are given i would like you now to hear from jess andrade she is an actor of south asian heritage and a woman of color she says she felt a sense of injustice that people of colour were suffering more than white people during lockdown. Watching the news every day and them telling us again these stats that black and Asian minorities were affected disproportionately at a higher rate made me feel angry because in terms of who's on the front line, who was managing to keep working were people that were key workers. And in London, the workforce is generally quite high with black and Asian people. So it wasn't a shock to me that they were being affected, even when they did release the stacks bearing those careers in mind. Because before that information was released, I think the way they were releasing information was very triggering in certain ways because first they were saying it, it hadn't even hit Africa and that their immune system was different. And then when uh, information was released that it was hitting India and Asia and how their lockdown was different, all those kind of thoughts in how black and Asian people are treated in this country and how our lockdown was different to those countries just made me think they don't really care about us. 
they weren't even protecting the key workers at that stage. So bus drivers weren't protected. Teachers weren't protected. They weren't given the right face marks in hospitals. My friends were on the wards. So it just made me angry to think they're not protecting the people that are most vulnerable. And then the people that could get furloughed were safe in their homes and people were stockpiling and things like that. And that just made me angry. Kids, what do you think about what Jess says? Yeah, I agree, <laughs> pretty much. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you think that the government is doing anything? No. <laughs> no. 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 I really don't, especially not for people of colour. Like, mm. I, yeah. Are you friends with any of people of colour who were affected by it? Is that makes sense? No, I'm not. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Because I, I, one of my, one of my closest friends, her mum is of an Asian background and she works as a bank manager and she obviously, it was a risk for her to be working through lockdown, but she was. And she was saying the amount of abuse that she got was just astronomical. And, you know, I think it's it's something that actually we don't always consider as white people. Yeah. You know, actually, like, we don't have to worry about being abused because of our skin colour. And I think some of the abuse that she received probably was to do with her race. And, and yeah, when you are being targeted almost disproportionately yeah. to your white counterparts, it is very isolating. It is very alienating. Obviously, there are issues systemically that haven't been, you know, figured out. And, and yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous, really. And it's just very, you know. Another event that caused pain and provoked anger was the killing of George Floyd in the United States. Tabby, how did you respond to news of that event? It's wrong. It's systemic racism. Yeah, I am fully supportive of the protests happening. Mm. Uh, if I had been near to one in London or if I had been able to yeah. go, I would have gone because it's about showing up and I donated and I think it's incredibly important that this conversation should be happening. I mean, what about you, Kez? What you yeah, no, I agree. I support them fully. Like, if I could have gone, I would have gone. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, I just think it's really... It's just really felt like a huge turning point. I really hope this is like the start of I, something. I read somewhere it said, this is not a moment, this is a, this movement. Is a movement. And I hope that people keep that in mind. Yeah. When we're talking about something as important as people's lives and their living and how they can't, they are being discriminated against because of something they can't control, which is mm. the color of their skin. We should not be making this a moment. This is a movement. This is mm. for people's lives. This is for people's rights. We're not asking for something like little. It's mm. something incredibly important that should have happened a while ago. I would like you now to hear from a black man living here in the UK. This is how Proteus Theatre associate artist Danny Charles responded to the killing of George Floyd. I can't say I'm surprised by it. I'm surprised by the brutality of what happened. And I have actually sat and watched the whole video of what happened to George Floyd. And I found it incredibly 
well, actually a mix of things. One upsetting, and I felt angry. I felt really, really angry. Maybe probably the most angry I have since Stephen Lawrence and what happened to him. I'm probably not someone, you know, I may be outraged and think, oh, this is terrible, whatever. Would I generally go out on the streets and start protesting? If I'm being brutally honest, no. It's not something I generally do. I did want to for this. I really felt I wanted to go out there. I probably didn't because of COVID and what's going on. I felt exposed, so I didn't want to do it. I mean, look, okay, I'm, as I said, I'm I'm 56 now, and my interactions with the police are different to when I was younger. I can remember getting stopped numerous occasions uh, in my teens and 20s, driving, especially in the car, and, um, and going out with my mates. I can remember, actually, in a pub with a load of friends of mine, they were all white. It was just me. And I, I went to the loo. Two police officers came into the toilet with me and then uh, started searching me. And then they said, um, right, outside. And I, I really thought, actually, they were going to plant something on me or just arrest me or whatever. And I had to walk through the pub and just ignore my mates. I thought I was going to be arrested and taken away. But I got outside and they just walked off eventually. But... I had a fear, I suppose, of the police. Going back to my youth, we had the sus law going on. So I remember my mum saying, you need to be careful, because the reality was, if a police officer thought you were doing something wrong, you could be arrested for just their perception of you. So you had to be really careful. I was weary of them, and I don't think things in the UK are as bad as they are in America. But, yeah, I don't think things could change. I think things could be better. Look at the number of black people that are stopped. It's disproportionate to the amount of black people there are here in the UK. Things need to change. Poppy, what do you think about the idea that your mother might warn you that the police are a threat? I've never had either of those things so I cannot say from a personal experience it is incredibly you know upsetting to think that actually the people who are supposed to protect you are also the same people who are murdering you um you know what he was saying about uh kind of you know stop and search like in Basingstoke which is where we are currently um you know uh, black people get stopped I think it's something like eight or nine times more than white people which is very disproportionate. And I think in an ideal world, you'd like to pretend that there is nothing, you know, wrong and and that actually, like, there is no racial kind of motivation behind these killings. And some people are claiming that there isn't. But I would argue very strongly that actually there is a lot of evidence that there is. Kids, has our society become complacent about racism? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, we just don't, like, uh, like white people just don't mm. understand or know, like, fully. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we absolutely have. When did you find out about Stephen Lawrence? Uh, right now. Oh, yeah, right, right now. Right, 
Okay. So he was 18. He was waiting at a bus stop and he basically he was stabbed to death at this bus stop. It was racially motivated. But yeah. what the Stephen Lawrence case did is that it exposed a lot of uh, racism in the police. There was a lot of reform done. Well, supposed reform. But the point is, is that there is still a long way to go. I would like now to turn to the LGBTQ plus community. Kez, do you think queer people have faced additional challenges due to coronavirus? I, yeah, I think so. Mm. I, I think like, I off the top of my head, I can definitely, <clears throat> I can definitely name like, like because of coronavirus and because of like lockdown, certain LGBT people have been trapped in homes that don't accept them. Yes. And lost the opportunities to hang out with people who do accept them. Yeah, and like, the wider family yeah. aspect, which is so important. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just, that's what I can name off the top of my head. But they, there's also a lot of like, also as like a general healthcare for trans people is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but it's like harder yeah. for them to get healthcare because... Yeah doctors don't understand yeah really i mean like okay i um if you're not comfortable with asking with answering this then you know don't worry about i mean are you have you ever like not gone to the doctors because of the fact that you are like, because yeah because you're trans do you yeah. know what i mean like is is that something that has stopped you from seeking healthcare? no like not at the moment possibly in the future mm. but not at the moment i've right, never okay. had something like that but do you think that that is something that happens yes. in the community right yeah. okay i think it sort of back to sort of what i said and i think doctors don't really mm. get like the education on yeah. how trans people work and also intersex people yeah so i think like it's a sort of confusion on how you're going to be treated like if you're yes. a trans man you you won't be treated for like uh, certain types of cancer that mm. like for I don't remember what specific types but like yeah like like prostate yeah. cancer for yeah. example like you're not gonna or if you're a trans woman you won't get treated for testicular cancer or yeah. whatever like because it clashes with how you identify or whatever mm. it's yeah, dumb yeah. but yeah Poppy what does it mean to be a good ally? <sighs> I think being a good ally is understanding and listening you don't always have to talk um, yeah. I appreciate this has been a conversation with all three of us, but, um, you know, we obviously outside of this group have had conversations with Kez um, about what, you know, he wants to share and, and you know, things yeah. that are important to him. And equally, I've known Kez since we were... Very small. Very small <laughs> children. So, you know, I have obviously seen you transition. Yeah. And um, I think being an ally is about providing a safe space so if you do mess up for example on pronouns i appreciate i have done that before yeah. but it is about you know apologizing and being like oh you and know not, i'm sorry or, or correcting yourself or something yeah. do you know what i mean being feeling attacked yeah because yeah. you've been called out yeah. it's about you know understanding yeah and understanding that what i've said is wrong and i've said things which i regret now but yeah i taken steps to understand why that's wrong yeah. and why i wouldn't say it definitely and i yeah. shouldn't say it 
And I think that, you know, as a group, I think that there have been times where obviously we have said something and I'm glad that you feel comfortable yeah, I'm glad enough you, yeah. this is a safe to say like, for you to say that. Yeah, you know, just to like put a message on in the group chat and be like, oh, just so you know, like I didn't, you know, these yeah. this this phrase or this yeah, word yeah. like has these connotations type thing. I just appreciate if you didn't use it anymore yeah. type thing. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely yeah. think that's like a big part of, because it's like, it's one thing for me to call someone out on saying something, Yeah. but like, and them going, oh, okay, I understand. But it's also another thing if they, continue to call yeah. someone else out yeah. on that yeah. because that i think that really makes you an ally like mm. it's not just like it's yeah yeah doing it to yourself it's yeah yeah and i mean i think like you know obviously i i respect that we're talking about like an ally in a you know a, an lgbtq plus sense but with the blm movement it's actually not the person who it's directed at if that makes sense who has to lead the conversation all the time yeah and if it is I've about accountability <laughs> and if it is about you know recognizing where you went wrong or, or wanting to improve then you have to be having those discussions with yeah. for example like me and tabby who aren't trans or you know all three of us who are white yeah do you know what i mean and yeah. saying like yeah. okay right you know like this is what we're going to do and if for example i was to say something that wasn't overtly racist but had undertones of it yeah which I would was casual yeah, yeah i would expect you because that's what happens is that in some spaces yeah. um people are casual with yeah. their racism yeah homophobia and, and, and sometimes it does become normalized and you don't you know recognize actually when you know <laughs> like it, it is racist or it is transphobic yeah. or it is homophobic but or it is you know misogynistic or whatever else yeah we have to all hold yeah. each other accountable mm, yeah definitely. and, and, and keep the conversation yes, going yes, keep conversations going and so talking about things like white privilege or um cis privilege yeah yes. exactly yeah. Yes. yeah so like all these different privilege that we do all hold that we do have to be aware of and keep that conversation going and it's actually not the people who are being oppressed who have to lead that conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I've said that a lot. I think I put that on my story like yes, really <laughs> recently. Yeah. And it was it was pretty much just like, it really frustrates me when mm. someone, I've this has happened twice in college, where I've been like, oh, I'm trans. And then it goes to, mostly it's like invasive questions like, yeah. oh, you're gonna get surgery? And it's like, yeah. I don't, this is not, no. you've known me for five minutes, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Um, it's a bit forward it's, it's like, so forward like yeah. why do you think you have a right to understand it's, like it, my it, health but also it's your like it's your autonomy yeah why do you think you have a right to know yeah. that it's not yours it's just like it's as, my as, body. as soon as you say something and you uh like i i guess it also has happened to me but in a different sense yeah. when i have come out is people suddenly get very invasive with their questions yeah. Yeah. and it's like what has made this space comfortable enough for you to say yeah that? yeah and it's very different with me with you and because i am cis i have had that privilege mm. in that i've never been asked questions like yeah. that oh my god yeah. <laughs> could you imagine could you oh my could you imagine be like oh are you gonna get a breast reduction do you know what I mean? How weird like, that how would that be. Exactly, that that's is. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, you know. It's just a normal conversation with a friend and yeah. then, or someone you've met for. I cannot imagine like no. one of, for instance, me going to university and someone coming up to me and I'm saying, oh, hi, I'm Tavi. And then yeah. someone saying that to me. Yeah. It's just, it's, but then you have to experience I that, have which to is experience crazy. That. I, literally twice in college, people have been like, are you going to get surgery? And it's like, one, not your business. Two, 
know your business and yeah. judge yeah, me yeah, yeah. if I say I'm not getting surgery. Because yeah. loads of trans people don't get no, surgery for exactly. many reasons. Yeah. But if they go, oh, no, I'm not getting surgery, they'll be like, oh, why? And it's like, but it's, why are you it's, asking? It's, it's but equally, more complicated than people seem to Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and equally, like, you're 17. I'm you know? 17, <laughs> guys. I don't know. You're not in the position to get surgery yeah. at the moment. And also, like, you have your whole life to decide <laughs> yeah, exactly. what your identity exactly. and yeah. how, you know, how what trans means to you, you know, and, and how you express because your gender identity. Everyone's yeah. is different yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah. And um, this whole cookie cutter thing mm. of being like, oh, it's, oh, I don't know if this is ever, it's probably happened to you, but like, I don't like, I, I am all right with gay people, but if they make it their whole personality. Uh, that, then it's now, I've never seen it like in real life, but see, I've heard I, it a lot. I've heard it a lot. Yeah. And that's, that it's was so one of the things that stopped me mm. from coming out as well. But yeah. it's, it, or it's even stuff like, Who's the man and female in your relationship? <laughs> oh my god, that is so it's annoying. Like the point is, uh, the legendary there isn't question. Any males. Like, <laughs> yeah, like what is going? Yeah, well, it's there isn't so. Any females, I've had a lot of um, where people will be like, "So, if you date guys, are you gay or straight?" And it's like, "I'm a man. What do you think?" For <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the of them together, it like, and I've actually I've asked that question before before I like knew right. I was trans. I was like. Someone and someone answered, "Oh, all trans people are bi," which is not true. No, that is but not. okay. Oh my and I just God. took that, and then you know, I learned later mm. on. Um, but like, it was so bizarre to me. Like, but basically, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Stop exactly. asking invasive questions. Like, just, <laughs> just respect a person's boundaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, like if any of us I wanted mean, to start a conversation about our sexuality or whatever, or you know. Yeah your gender identity or what you wanted to do then that is okay yeah and you know if you invite the discussion then i think okay right yeah. well if people then want to ask questions as long as it's not then like ah oh, well i think you should get this i think you, you know go on hormones yeah uh, no i'll well, do what i, I like want to know yeah. who the man in this yeah. relationship yeah. is it's so it's let's so do different. 21 questions and find out you know <laughs> yeah Let's find out everything about like, yeah. your medical history yeah. and your personal life. Yeah. And it's like, no, I just no. want to, like, I'm just a guy. I'm yeah. just trying to live. You're just a normal you guy. I'm just a <laughs> regular <laughs> guy, except I'm not. <laughs> we are going to end our conversation here. I would like you now to make your commitment to building Protopia with regard to equality and diversity. Kes. Um, I think steps towards like building Protopia in terms of like diversity and stuff is just uplift uplifting like mm. minority voices. Yeah, so donating to them. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, yeah, listening, <laughs> just listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not talking over people. Mm. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, sorry if I've interrupted. No, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, Tabby. Um, so Miss Kez, I think trying to be a good ally and educating myself and donating and just keeping the conversation alive. I think that's an important step we should all take. Yeah, again, like agreeing with both Abby and Kez, but I think, you know, knowing when to talk and when to listen. Mm -hmm. um, oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. You know, supporting black creators, supporting, you know, creators who are minorities and, and you know, whatnot. And I think just continuing to educate myself because there are lots of things that I still don't know. Thank you, Kez, Tabby and Poppy for your contributions. And thank you who have listened. If you have enjoyed Generation 
Brotopia. Please share this podcast with your friends. We look forward to your company in the next edition. Until then, goodbye.